0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the EPA Podcast. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter at ShaneHalfNFL, my handle changed, but I haven't updated it here. Uh, Since I lost the blue check mark, I thought I might as well change the name anyways. Uh, I am joined today, not by Victor. Uh, Victor is busy with a bunch of other stuff, but I brought in Johnny Page. You guys have been asking on Twitter for a long time for Johnny and I to do some draft content together, so uh, obviously, if you haven't been checking out the BGN draft show that I've been hosting, go check those out, but... We're bringing johnny in today he's gonna we haven't talked ratings very much uh we sort of agreed to stay away from each other's rankings for a little bit and then we could just hash it all out on a podcast so johnny welcome to the show uh how are you doing today good start if I
0: say from you yes i'm good this is probably my first just sent you off my first draft podcast in a long time so I used to be a draft guy, then I went away when Bleeding Green sort of picked me up and I've become sort of more team specific. So I'd say I'm quite unique on Twitter in terms of draft content, not in an arrogant way, just simply because I only really did a draft for two different reasons. So for Dynasty, so in terms of skill positions, and then eagle specific. So I would say I watched a draft because of my role with BGM, basically, with an Eagles specific mind. So sometimes I'll say like, I don't like a certain player. And sometimes you might think I've got a player very high, but please try and consider that I'm thinking about what the Eagles needs. This year, for example, at receiver, I've targeted a lot more slot receivers, uh, whereas in my own sort of rankings, I don't normally go that way. But if you look at the Eagles as a whole, that's probably an area of need. So I look at it from that way, which I think is a bit unique. And the other way is obviously being English is I watch zero college football and I mean Nothing like I, I think I, my wife would divorce me if I watched any more sport. Um, so I watch nothing, so I really do go into this totally blind. I try and ignore everything. I obviously hear about names, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time, so I hear people talk about things, but I really do not know a lot at all. So I think I'm probably going into this as blind as anyone, which I think sometimes throws up some weird takes. Like sometimes, obviously, you can watch someone and then you'll check online and you'll be like, really? Um, so I think I go in with no preconceived notion about these players which sometimes lead to some horrendous picks but also sometimes it leads to maybe something that i see a little bit more clearly than people who have been swayed by comments throughout the year for example like a will um is it levis or levi however you you to pronounce it um when i was watching him i assumed like mid-round and then when i started reading about it i was like oh fair enough i get it and i started to changed my opinion of him because i'm not blind to other people's opinions i understand the concerns and he's were better in the previous year but mine is all based around the previous this past year so none of it is 2020 or 2021 because i don't have time to watch previous year this is purely 2022 films just a few little notes before we get into it yeah this from an eagle's point of view i'm doing this and also i'm not taking into consideration previous film pretty much at all
1: all right so those of you that have listened to Uh, the BGN Draft Show. You've heard me talk about a lot of these prospects. So uh, I'm going to let Johnny do most of the talking today. Given his thoughts on prospects, we'll dialogue back and forth. And so Johnny, we'll start out here. Uh, Victor and I have done a series of these podcasts where we talked about uh, top options for the Eagles at pick 10, some options for the Eagles at pick 30. So I'm going to ask you, uh, talk to me about what's your ideal Eagles first round? What are some positions that you view as first round needs uh who are some players you like for those you know if we're sitting here next week and you said the draft went perfectly uh, what happened for the eagles in the first round yeah so let's go with pick 10 first of
0: all so pick 10's a weird one um i'm out on a running back at 10 um i absolutely love bijon i'm just not doing it i'm out on a wide receiver at 10 i've seen the jackson uh, Smith and jim hype. fine but not a 10 absolutely no way not with what we've got Um, Obviously no tight end at 10 That's just not going to happen I was out on offensive line And I've changed my mind on that And part of the reason is because There's not that many players at 10 I actually like So I've become more on board With the offensive line pick The only thing I would say for O-line Is I want a tackle that can play guard So if I'm drafting one at 10, and I know not everyone likes this, but I want them playing pretty much sooner rather than later because of where the Eagles are in terms of having a franchise quarterback, who's also, by the way, on a pretty cheap deal for the next two years. So the Eagles might be better off the next two years than in three, four years' time anyway. So if I'm looking at offensive linemen, I'm looking at Skoronsky at 10, that is fine by me. I don't think Paris Johnson strikes me as someone who would be a good fit guard. So I'm mainly looking at a tackle that can play guard. I am massively down on the edge rushers in terms of I really like the class I don't like it for 10 so I do not like uh, Nolan Smith I do not like Van Ness enough I do not like Miles Murphy enough for 10 in my opinion none of those players are good enough for that pick so there's not actually that many players when you get down to it then you're obviously not taking a linebacker you're not taking a safety so in my head I've narrowed it down to pretty much uh O-line, D-line, a couple of edge or uh, and that's pretty much it um my absolute dream scenario is like most Eagles fans is Jalen Carter somehow falls or uh, Tyree Wilson somehow falls or Will Anderson somehow falls or they make a move for them. Tyree Wilson I'm less keen on I wouldn't trade up for him just because I think the risk involved, whereas Carter and Anderson, I would trade up. And then I knew I was missing one thing. The other position I am interested in is cornerback. So I would take either of the sort of two top corners in this draft. So uh, Gonzalez or Witherspoon, I would take either of them. Uh, The reason being that I think although Gonzalez may not play and people might be shouting, but you said this about the offensive line and you don't want to back up, uh, cornerbacks, you could easily play. Uh, three or four cornerbacks on the field at once, especially if you've got weak safeties, third and long, why not go to Dime more often? And Witherspoon can easily move into the slot. And once Maddox got injured a lot last year, there is absolutely no reason why Witherspoon could not be your backup outside and in the slot. And then of course, when you play Dime, he could play either the slot opposite Maddox or he could play outside. So I'm looking defence, like pretty much most people I think at 10. My dream scenario is one of the two cornerbacks, Carter, Anderson, or probably Wilson, Skoronski as well. My worry is that they're going to go Van Ness or Nolan smith and we can touch on them a little bit more uh, later. But I think there's a couple of players that are just a reach at 10. I think when you're picking at 10, you don't – I want someone with really high upside, but also someone reasonably safe. And I'm just, I'm not going offence at 10 unless it's offensive line. So I'm in a weird thought about 10. I really wish they were picking at like eight. I'd sleep a lot better at night because I can just see – it being a lot harder to get those guys hopefully there's a bump on quarterbacks and if there is i think they'll be in a good position to get um one of those premium positions so that's sort of my idea at the moment i would guess about how i see pick 10
1: going what is what's a better situation for the eagles in your opinion is it four quarterbacks off the board ahead of them or is it one of the quarterbacks falling to 10 and you potentially get a team trying to trade up with the Eagles to get in front of the Tennessee Titans? Which which scenario would you prefer? So
0: I would probably rather trading down. I'm fine with trading down if we're talking about the cornerbacks or the offensive linemen. If you're talking about Carter, Anderson or Tyree Wilson falling, then I would rather uh, stay put or possibly move up one or two. So I know it's a rubbish way of saying both, but if the... So if the quarterbacks go and that means you've got a shot at Anderson, Wilson or Carter, and you only have to move up one or two picks and that can easily be done, then I'm fully on board with the quarterbacks going early. But if those players go and you're looking at a Witherspoon, for example, or a Skaronsky, I like them, but I'm not obsessed with like, well, we need to take this guy at 10. Then I'm more than happy going down. And the thing I like about going down in this class is I think it completely opens you up to that edge class. So I think you then get the opportunity to probably look – If you trade down into the late teens, I think you can bring running back in. I think you can bring Bijan in. And I know that's not going to be popular with some people. And I'm not a running back early guy. I'm just looking, again, for the Eagles specific at the way they're built. And I think that once you get into the late teens, then you start looking at maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I think he's a volume wide receiver and we won't really have the volume here. But then I think you open it up to Bijan. I think you open it up to Miles Murphy, uh, Nolan Smith. And Lucas Van Ness and I think you can even open it up to some of the other cornerbacks Uh, there is one guy I really 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 want to mention because I think most people would say he's the guy I am most or how do you put it the highest on of any Eagles fan I know and I'm going to say that I'm going to pronounce his name wrong but that is is it Chansey or Cansey? Which guy? Yeah, you can oh, tell I don't I live in America. I don't it. listen to a
1: lot of pronunciations
0: on these guys, so I read a lot. Um, yeah, he is a guy that I would shock people when I say I would take him at 10. And people are going to throw stuff at the screen and abuse me. But And again, remember, I'm looking at this from an Eagles point of view. So I think the Eagles have got starting defensive linemen. I think they've got a starting four down front. I think they've got a backup defensive tackle. I think they've even got backup edge players. So they do not need a starting player. But what they're missing massively is they're going to miss interior pass rush and i literally think you could say to um oh, i forgot it again Cansey, see chancy can see can see there we go right pretend it's see i would say to can don't even plan early down i know he's small see how that goes figure that out in the future he's third and long you stick him at free technique next to milton williams and you say just rush the quarterback and you can go sweat williams uh, can see and reddick and then you can figure it out from there I just think he is so 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 explosive if I'm another team who needs to start a defensive tackle there's no way I'm taking him at 10 I'm not even considering it but I think the Eagles are really going to miss Hargrave's uh, push from the interior he excelled on third down Jordan Davis is not going to be a pass rushing and he did not show any of that last year so he doesn't even count as a third down option really Fletcher Cox is not the same guy he was rushing the quarterback so you've got one. You've got Milton Williams currently. And obviously there are other linemen you could take, but I failed to mention him. sort of because I forget because no one talks about him, but he is somebody that I think I would do at 10. And I've gone back and forth because I'm always a big guy in measurables and you'll hear me talk about that a lot. I don't like being the outliers of the draft. When they drafted Danil Pump three years ago, I basically tweeted straight away and I'm not saying, oh, look, I was right. Because Ben Solak, I know, I loved him and he was someone that I looked up to, but I, you, you have to look at measurables. You have to look at size. And people will shout at me because when I come down on Nolan Smith, they'll say, but he's undersized as well. Um, I just think, sometimes I look at measurables, and sometimes I go against it. And he's one that I'm willing to take the risk because I think his fit is exactly what the Eagles are going to miss from losing Hargrave only on third down. I'm not saying draft him and stick him there on first and 10. I think you have to see if he can do that. But worst case scenario is again, I'm looking at the Eagles competing for two years. Worst case scenario is he, you sit, stick him there on third and long and you let him rush. And I think he's a really, really good fit um for that
1: role yeah it, it, you bring up an interesting point about measurables and how to take that into account and we talked about this a bit on the bgn draft show but to me if a guy plays in the sec which is the highest level of competition and his size isn't a concern there i'm not willing to totally look the other way but it's just not as big a deal to me you mentioned nolan smith and yeah he's very small for an edge but he played in the sec And he was a tremendous run defender in the SEC. And so that gives me more confidence in Nolan Smith as an edge rusher at the next level that he'll be able to play against the run than if he came from the Big 12 or the ACC. I would have more concerns. And so I have more concerns with Kalyja Kansi, especially with his size. You know, If he went and did that at Alabama, at Georgia somewhere, I would be a little less concerned. But uh, I would definitely not be... Uh, very excited about him at 10. Now, if you were to take him down at 30, I, I would be totally fine with it. But I, I think we're a little different in, in how we view him. Uh, let me ask you about another guy specifically here. Uh, did you get a chance to watch Brian Branch uh, yes, from Alabama? Yes, I did. Um, right, what are your so thoughts on I Branch?
0: would probably – take him at 30. Um, I like him. And again, I'm not going to go into huge scouting reports. here because I think a lot of people probably listening know a lot about this player. So I'm again, trying to stick from an Eagle specific to me. He's one of the safest guys in the draft. Um, I love Jimmy Ward coming out. Absolutely loved him a few years ago. And I think I thought I got that wrong, but I think I've got it right now in hindsight. Um, he reminds me of that style of player. So just reliable in everything he does. You can see the instincts. You can see the ability to play in coverage. He's a three-year starter at Alabama. You know what Nick Saban does down there. I don't even know anything about college football. And even I know about Nick Saban at Alabama and his defense. So I think he's just very safe. The question is, the athleticism is average. The play strength is average. He's one of those players to me that you could stick him anywhere. He's a jack of all trades. Put him at slot. He could probably play outside corner if you really want. Put him at safety. Um, I think he can do sort of everything. I would take him at 30 because I think, again, I, and that may be different in how I look at this. I'm not just looking at competing, but I'm being realistic with the Eagles roster and thinking that I think the next two years they're going to be very good and it's time to kick on. Um, I think he will play immediate reps. And in the first round, I want someone who's going to play. It doesn't mean you're booting three, four years' time. He could be a good player for years and years of course if he hits but i think he fits well i think the eagles have got slightly different styles of safeties as well so you've got tremaine edmonds who's more of the big guy who can cover tight ends and come down in the box you've obviously got blankenship who looks to me more of the deep safety who can come down but branch is one of those guys who firstly could give you cover for maddox as well i think you could easily play him at slot corner to me he basically does the um johnson role in a different style of way of doing it but i think There's nothing wrong with taking a very reliable, higher football IQ, good instincts player at 30. He's not gonna bust. I'd be very surprised if he does. Um, I think the question is just how valuable and how good is he? But I would consider him at 30 without a doubt. It's not a premium position. there aren't many good safeties in this class who are going to give you starting reps from the start anyway. So if you are going after one, I I think I would... He wouldn't be probably my first choice. It would depend on how the board plays out. Um, And I probably wouldn't move up for him or anything. But if he was sitting there at 30, I would certainly um, consider him.
1: I've told people all along, like, he's going to be a New York Giant. There's no way Wink Martindale wouldn't take this guy. But schematically, he would be really interesting for the Eagles because he played a lot in the slot. He can play in the box obviously Ivante Maddox has some background at safety from his rookie season. And so it would be really interesting to me to have branch at safety, you know, maybe at your weak side safety, but you could rotate him down and you could rotate Maddox out to deep safety. You could just do a lot of things rotationally coverage wise that I think would be really interesting if your slot can play safety and your safety yeah, can just... play slot. So I'm a little fascinated with him. I don't think the Eagles will get him. I don't think he'll be there at 30, but it would be really interesting to see how they used him if he was
0: yeah and just on that quickly we saw the eagles do that last year so anyone that watched the eagles sort of all 22 now one of the things i find difficult about this draft is i haven't dug into sean Desire yet um and i'm not exactly sure how much things will change but i'm assuming from what nick sirianni said they were looking for someone with continuity in terms of the defense. I don't think they're going to shake it up too much. So assuming that they do uh, play a lot of sort of quarters, cover forward you want to call it, and um drop in their safety and cornerback in terms of rotation like they did last year. So we saw snaps where they play sort of cover three invert and, and Maddox would sprint back and be the deep safety. Um again, it's not really how good he is there is that he can just do it. When you're flipping positions, you're not expecting someone to be elite uh, all positions, that's pretty much impossible. I also don't think there's many safeties in this class who are that versatile. So with that in mind, if you do want a safety, who can do that, there is not many. I think maybe Quan Martin, who's actually my number two, who I'd look at a second, I think he can possibly do that. And there was one other that I quite liked um, possibly Sydney Brown as well. Who's I think my third safety and the reason why I ranked them one, two, three um, and there'll be more on this when I put it out for BGN is mainly because of the roles they do. I think all three of them can play that role where they can cover the slot and play safety. And for me, I'm more in, interested in that than, say, a Antonio Johnson, who I don't really see as that type of a player. I think it's see more of a box safety. And I think Tremaine Edmonds is good enough this year. So I wouldn't be take, spending a high pick on Johnson, whereas I might be more willing to spend spend one on like a Martin or a Sidney Brown for the reasons that I've just outlined there.
1: All right. So the Eagles go cornerback or offensive lineman at 10, and they're coming back up on the clock at 30. Uh, who are you hoping is there at 30? Who are some of your late first round guys that you have circled that you would love to see the Eagles come away with?
0: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's loads here. I am, and so I'll talk through a lot of different positions here just because I can go through quickly. Um, Tight end is something I am massively high on. Um, anyone that's followed me for a while knows that I'm a huge believer of 12 personnel. I believe it's a massively underrated uh, personnel grouping in the league. And the reason why teams don't do it is not, and I think people get this wrong, is not because it's, not as successful as 11 personnel it's because there are far better receivers than there are tight ends so of course teams line up with 11 personnel more if you want to do 12 personnel right you need two tight ends who can block and who can catch and that is nearly impossible most teams have one receiving tight end one blocking tight end then when you get in 12 personnel uh, teams just go uh, basically, or nickel against you because they treat your receiving tight ends as a wide receiver, and you don't get the benefit. If you go full 12 personnel with two really good tight ends that are versatile, it is a defensive nightmare. Because if you're going to play nickel, we're going to run the ball, and especially with the Eagles running game. So at 30, there's actually loads of tight ends I'd consider. Um, I would, uh, Michael Mayer, we spoke about off-air. I really, really like him. I think he's as safe as there is in this class. He's my tight end one. I would absolutely take him at 30, your guy, Darnell Washington, I wouldn't be a huge fan of. He's my tight end four, but I would still take him at 30. Kincaid, absolutely. Musgrave, again, not the biggest fan, but would t- take him. Um, so tight end is, is easily for me a position they could take at 30. Um, I think any of my sort of tier two wide receivers, it's not my favorite position to go early because I think there's some guys in t- my sort of tier three that I like, like a Tyler Scott, Marvin Mims, Jonathan Mingo, and even Tank Bell. He's a bit of a draft crush of mine, despite the size. Uh, Quentin Johnson's got up and downs, but I could easily consider him Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt. Although I have Jordan Allison ranked highly, I see him more as a volume guy. So there's a part of me that wants something a little bit more explosive. So tight end, wide receiver, I would be fine with. Defensive line, um, Massey Smith is a weird one It doesn't get mentioned very much. I know he's a bit of a nose tackle, so I don't think they'd want to add him, but I'm not. It's been one year, but I'm a little bit concerned about some of Jordan Davis' play down the end. And um, I really, really liked Mazzy Smith's tape. Like, I thought he was seriously good. So I would absolutely consider people like him. Uh, Brian Breesey, if he's still there, of course, but I doubt he will be. Edge, we can maybe get into a little bit more. Um, but any of those three, if they do drop, which I don't think is impossible, maybe Van Ness, a Smith, or a Murphy, they're there or well, they're about linebacker i'm not sure any of them i like enough to go first so i'd probably pass there and then cornerback um i'll be interested in banks porter or forbes although forbes terrifies me because of the size and length um i would also consider them i think they're in a pretty good place at 30 to be honest and um, we've already mentioned brian branch i think they've got a number of good options i wouldn't even write off and they won't do this but I wouldn't even be distraught if they took like a um, Gibbs at running back either. Um, he's not going to play 50 snaps a game, but he goes in a luxury position where they're really good and he will give them about as explosive reps as anyone in the draft. So I think 30, I feel really good about 10 less. So, because I think there's a good chance they'll reach for somebody at 10. Whereas at 30, I think they might be able to sit there and see who falls into the lap. But I think, there'll be a player that can be good and help them contribute early on um, at 30. So yeah, there's a load of names there, but that's sort of how I'm looking at it currently.
1: So tell me this, Johnny, am I crazy for, now? I wouldn't take him at 30, but am I crazy for thinking Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA is a better fit for the Eagles than Jameer Gibbs? As I look at him and Gibbs is an electric receiver, right? But, it's just not a check down heavy offense. And a lot of times you see that with mobile quarterbacks that they're not going to be quick to check it down because they believe they can make a guy miss and get out into space and extend plays. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, There's some, there's some instances where you would like to see Hertz just hit his check down and not try to extend a play. But generally you want a mobile quarterback extending plays. And so then if you take that away from Gibbs, you know, I see a guy that, he's undersized and it shows up in some of the short yardage situations and granite hurts with the QB sneaks is going to be your, your short yardage thing, especially since those rules didn't get changed, but he can't, he struggles in pass protection because he is a little undersized at 5'9, 199. And then I look at Zach Charbonnet and I see a, you know, a powerful guy who's kind of that one cut runner that he hits his gap and he falls forward. And he's not, a great receiver, but he's got fine hands like his check downs. He just doesn't run a lot of routes. And I think he's a better pass protector. So I, I, there's a lot of people that are really on board with the Eagles taking Gibbs at 30, but I look at it and I say, man, I would much rather have Zach Charbonnet in the second round. I just think he's a better fit for the Eagles. Just out of interest. Where do you have
0: Charbonnet on your board? Can you remember?
1: He is number 38 on my big board. I've got a wow. second round grade on him. So I am I am higher on him than consensus. But uh yeah, I've got a second round grade on him. I wouldn't take him at 30. I think that's a little I I just generally wouldn't want to take a running back in the first round. Now Bijan and the teens or later is a different discussion. I would do that in a heartbeat. But uh yeah, I would love Charbonnet in the Eagles offense. I think he would be a great fit. Right. Well Charbonnet's my guy. So if I'm
0: playing Dynasty, I mean I'm targeting 102, 103. I really, really like him. I think he's gone under the radar because people see him as like a big guy like what i find weird is that people don't seem to like him and then people like to like um roshan or roshan johnson um which for me johnson just does not have the speed to be a starting running back and i like him but charbonnet does he's not fast but he's not slow and he's really good in the receiving game as well um i I mean, I like Charbonnet a lot. I disagree with you. I, I think Gibbs is a better fit. I think you're right, though. And what you're saying is a common thing that's raised online, that the Eagles don't check down to their running backs. And mobile quarterbacks don't in general. That is a million percent true. But I would say with Gibbs, well, don't check it down. Design. Design plays where he is the main receiver. Motion him to the slot. Use him in underneath house. Don't just say, right, run to the sideline. And if I get pressure, I'm going to flip it to you. You can run screen passes. You can line them up sort of around the formation. Um, you can put them in the slot and have them run dagger routes, for example. Stick him at the slot with Penny uh, and play um, sort of RPOs with bubble screens attached from throwing the bubble screen. So I agree with you, but I wouldn't take Gibbs and then just say, let's just throw check, check downs to him. I would take him and I would make him a big part of the offense. Um, 10 to 12 carries as well. Maybe six to eight targets is how I look at him normally I like bigger backs because I think size is just massively underrated in running backs and as I say someone who plays a lot of dynasty and um, pretty much everyone in the dynasty game talks about weight all the time because someone like Atai J Spears for example who's got such a fun profile the fact is those people just rarely end up as feature backs in the league and I really like Spears but when you're not 210, 215 you're just going to struggle um, to get sort of starting reps. So I really, really like Charbonnet. If they could get him on the, in the second, I think that'd be perfect because you could rotate him with Penny and then next year he could take over. Um, but I think Gibbs would be the guy the Eagles like the most. And I get exactly what you're saying about Charbonnet, and I think he is a better player. I just think Gibbs is. A really really good fit for what they want to do and the way i look at this eagles offense is they want players who create explosive plays for minimal touches because if hurts throws the ball 40 times a game and hopefully he doesn't because of how good the running game is but if he's throwing 40 times a game aj brown might get 10 the smith might get eight got might get eight and then you're looking at where to go next and the odds are the next guy is not going to get more than five or six so you want that next guy to be explosive with it and then gibbs is probably I know you could look at Devon um, A-Chain, but I would take Gibbs as the most explosive player on a small touch count. Um, what I think a re- reasonable argument would be would say, why go Gibbs? Why not just go Z Flowers? Um, because you can then just play him in the slot. And I think that's also completely fine. Um, say Flowers would basically be similar in that sense where undersized go undersized guy, sorry, stick him in the slot and just let him win on design touches. Uh, getting the ball in his hands five, six targets a game, and once every three games, it will probably take one to the house. And for this offense, that's. The piece they are looking at probably to put them over the top in terms of the really 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 top three wide receiver set so let's be honest you haven't got to be brilliant to get on the field over quest watkins based on what we saw last year either that's one of the easiest upgrades i think available to this Eagles team right now
1: yeah absolutely and i feel like they have to walk away either upgrading tight end two or wide receiver three like you don't have to do both but if you at least upgrade one of those positions, you feel a lot better uh, about how the offense looks. And, you know, you can't have, we talked about this with the defense with Jonathan Gannon last year, having all pros at every level of the defense. Like you can't have three all pro receivers and an all pro tight end, but the Eagles are, in my opinion, they're a top heavy team. Like you have AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Behind them, and especially if one of them were to go down, there's almost nothing. You have Dallas Goddard, but if he goes down like he did last year for a few games, you have almost nothing. Eagles tight ends average 23 yards per game in the five games that Goddard missed, and they use tight ends so so big. And you could say the same thing at corner. They have a really good corner grouping right now with Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox, but Slay and Bradbury are both going to be over 30, and Maddox routinely misses games, and they don't have a lot after that, so this feels like a draft to me where the eagles the eagles could potentially make two first round picks and walk out of it without drafting a starter but that doesn't mean they're not going to be very important players for the team for the depth and you know in the case of a cornerback maybe they don't play until somebody gets injured and then it becomes hugely important so i do think eagles fans might be unsatisfied you know through the first four or five six games of the season with how much they're seeing the rookies play but I think it's a testament to how good the top of the roster is that it's not easy to just plug and, plug and play someone into this team.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. and I think that's why I look at um, players that I think of can contribute on low touches. To be honest, that's why I've sort of changed my mind on offensive linemen. I was pretty much out on our line at 10, and I have come around because I think actually if you can take someone who can start a guard um, – or even maybe start a in a couple of years, the odds are that actually there's not many positions that they're going to draft a day-one starter at anyway because they've got a really good roster. So even an edge guy, I mean, Reddick and Sweat, you might have Graham, you might even have, sadly, um, Barnett coming back, you never know. I mean, there are, it's not going to just walk in and play 60 snaps. So that's not the way this team is built. So the odds are fans are probably going to have to get used to um, rooting for someone who's playing on a lower snap basis anyway.
1: All right. Speaking of offensive line, it's, assume the Eagles don't go offensive line at 10. Uh, how would you feel about an Osiris Torrance pick at 30, the offensive guard out of Florida? Is he someone that you have watched? Um, no no tackle in his background, but could be a potential plug-and-play starter at right guard. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with
0: guard. Um, I really like him, by the way. really like him. Um, I didn't watch him too much. I watched him a little bit and then looked at other people who I trusted a little bit more of me offensive line. and. To me, the Eagles need to sort of face up to the fact that they're going to be a really, really good um, running team again. And having just someone like that who is just nasty in the run game would make a lot of sense. I am one of those people that is assuming uh, Cam Juergens can just play right guard. But I don't think it's a given. He is such an elite athlete. And it could be that you don't want him and Kels um together because they're almost too similar. So I would be perfectly... Fine with that. Um, that would not be a problem with me. When I say I want someone who's versatile, I probably mean I want a tackle who can play guard as well. I have no problem taking a guard outright. I obviously wouldn't take one at 10 necessarily, which is why I like Skoronsky, because he possibly could be a tackle in the future. And that was the worst case is you get an elite starting guard in the future anyway. But I don't really want to take like a tackle who's solely a tackle. I know people spoke a lot about Lane retiring and possibly going, but... People say things all the time. Kelsey's been hinting at this for a long, long time. And if you take like a Paris Johnson, who I don't think can kick inside, um, or at least if he can, I'm not sure it's his best fit. Are you really going to uh, like it if, for example, he only plays as a backup if Lane and Mylato play the next three years? It's just a little bit of a odd pick in many ways. If I'm t- basically if I'm taking attack, I want to play guard. If I'm taking a guard, I'm fine with it. Um Scuroncy's probably the guard of choice at 30, I don't think there is any other guard that I would consider. I think when you move down a little bit, maybe someone like a Matthew Bergeron or Steve Avila. Um, Cody, is it Morch or Mouch, however you pronounce it, who's somebody who I like the look of is inside uh, offensive lineman as well. But them or second round, I wouldn't consider them at 30 personally from what I've uh, watched.
1: I just thought of a great game that we should have played to close out this podcast if I had prepared for it, but we should have put up, I should have put together a bunch of the difficult names and put them up on the screen and had you give your best pronunciation of them as a guy who doesn't watch them in college and just see how close we get on a lot of those. Normally I'm all right.
0: It's when it's draft stuff, because I just don't hear these names. I try and ignore stuff. I don't listen to any podcast until really after the draft. So I've literally just typed them and I'm reading them and I'm like, what is, and obviously, English-American? A few different pronunciations. So, yeah, normally I'm not this bad when it's eagles class because I've heard them pronounced so many times. But apologies, <laughs> listeners, if I'm getting probably one every two names uh, horrendously wrong.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's, it's funny. Uh, but, yeah, so North Dakota State, Cody Mock. It, it, mock is that. Just like the Mock draft. I don't know why it's spelled that way. But, uh, yeah, he's a potential OT who could transition to offensive guard. His story is fascinating. You said you don't. You don't know often know a lot of the context of these guys, so I'm not sure if you know his, but he walked on at North Dakota State as a 221-pound tight end, and then he transitioned to offensive tackle and gained 80 pounds uh, in that transition process to offensive tackle. So he's a guy that's tremendously athletic because he was actually a tight end. Um, kind of the Jason Peters yeah. story there, I guess, a little bit.
0: Is he the long-haired guy who looks like – Everyone sort of laughs at him with memes on Twitter because he looks like his teeth are missing. And is that him?
1: Yeah, he's got he. So he's I, th- I think it was. This part might be, not be true, but I feel like I remember reading that he played hockey and he lost his two front teeth playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, I think I, no, he I lost Googled his him, two yeah. front teeth. I'm not sure. I'm not positive that it is from hockey, but yeah. If you are listening here on on the BGN radio feed, and obviously uh, give us five star rating and review. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast go online and Google Cody mock smile. And there's some funny, some funny pictures out there. So. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called the future of work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work That's sort of some round one talk there. Um, I'll save the prediction for the end. So let's 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 get on to some day two guys. Who are some day two targets that you really like for the Eagles? Maybe some guys that you think aren't talked about highly. In a, well, you, you don't follow a lot of the national discourse. But who are some of your favorite guys uh, that you would love to see the Eagles select in the second and third rounds?
0: Right, nice uh, broad question there, which I can tackle. So I think I've sort of covered some of them already so i'm trying not to go back through myself so i mentioned the tight ends i think you know i'd take any of the four that i sort of mentioned maybe even considered like a sam laporta in the second um wide receiver i would then dip into my second or my third tier even so i'd be looking at a josh downs a tillman a scott a mims or a mingo maybe even uh there uh defensive line um maybe like a benton or someone i might consider um edge is an interesting one i really like actually i really really like the tier sort of two or tier three edge guys in this class for this for this scheme so i like uh oh god pronunciations uh will mcdonald uh bj Ojolari, Keon white felix and Anatol-
1: oh <laughs> Felix and Yudike Uzoma.
0: That's the one. I like those guys from a fit perspective. I think if the Eagles want like an, a Nolan Smith sort of like backup in terms of what I would really like is an edge guy who can cover as well, um, which is where I like the look of someone like Felix and BJ Jalari because I don't think they're out in our pass rushes. I think they can also drop into coverage as well. Um some of those edge guys I like. The position I really want to talk about though briefly is linebacker because I think there's a, two guys that I sort of like in the second and third. So linebacker is a really interesting position. I think it's probably the most, I say underappreciated or not spoken enough about ways change between college and NFL. So you get so many teams now like the Eagles who basically just don't want a stacked linebacker. Well, I say don't want, don't have. The Eagles do not have a stacked linebacker on their roster. If, you want to go old school and say they're going to play 4-3 tomorrow. Who's their starting middle linebacker? Uh, I mean, they haven't really got one. They've got a bunch of wills. Morrow, Dean, they're quick. Um, but when you play like a 5-2 or a 5-1, that's perfect. Because Jordan Davis should eat up two blockers. Your free techniques, each take a blocker. Your edge takes up a blocker. And then all of a sudden, the idea is your linebacker is not charging a guard head on. Because there is no free guard. It sounds very simple, but I talk about maths all the time in football. But just do the maths. If you've got a five-man front, well, every single offensive lineman is covered. Then if you add in that Jordan Davis is doubled and then, a t- then you've got a tight end on an edge and all of a sudden the linebackers are free. And that's why teams aren't looking for stat backers as much. Teams have decided well, in this modern era of passing, people see a five-man front and think, oh, that's quite good against the run. And it is, but it also can be very good against the pass because you essentially, it means you can have quicker linebackers because you haven't got to worry about them being big, beefy guys. And I tweeted this the other day, but Dane Brugler ranks 35 linebackers in this year's class. Two of them, two, are above £240. That is outrageous. Is there a position that has changed that much, except maybe quarterbacks and mobility? If you go back to, like, your Brian Erlachers, I mean, Ray Lewis was undersized, I believe, when I remember watching stuff on the old Ravens teams. When he came out, he was seen as, like, I remember the. I was Googling him and people were saying, uh, you know, like the Ravens GM at the time saying, oh, we don't care about size. He's a good player. And he was 240. He'd be the third biggest. I mean, Patrick Willis on the size. He was 240. These linebackers are so small now. Um, for only two of them to be above 245. So there's a couple of guys that stand out to me. Um, if the Eagles decide, do you know what? We need a stack linebacker. We want someone that we can play as an actual might. The Kobe Dean is what, 230, 220, 225? So if they decide we want someone bigger next to him, it's not going to be Nicholas Moreau because his weight was, I think, again, around the 220s. I mean, small. Jack Campbell, to me, is a really, really, really good player. I think 30 is probably slightly too early just because of versatility and positional value. Um, So I would look at him at the end. I know he wouldn't be there in the second, but you know, you could trade down into the early second or you could trade up. He to me is the best stack linebacker in the class by a mile. He's a traditional linebacker. Uh, His change of direction isn't unbelievable. He might not be someone you want on, third down all the time, but he can play um, coverage. He's got good instincts in zone. He's big, he's fast, he's athletic, and he's someone that can take on blocks. So if you are going to go a little bit more four down stuff, or you do want a generic stat linebacker, he is the guy I like. Um, Drew Sanders I like, but uh, worried about the fact that he's a blitzer, and I don't really want a blitzing linebacker because if we're going to send linebackers on a blitz, i rather send the Kobe Dean more often than not. Um, The two that stand out for me are Trenton Simpson, I'm not sold on him because of how raw he is in the second, but he to me fits the bill. If you want to play like two nickel linebackers, shall we say? Let's assume he's a 5-2 front. He is someone that could easily replace Morrow or play alongside Dean. The guy that I am fascinated by, I don't know what you think of him, I've not read anything about him, is Diane or Diane Henley. Um, so once I've watched him, I obviously read about him and I read that he was a former wide receiver, which explains the ridiculous 4.54 speed. But if you watched him, and again, I don't know about these guys. I was watching him. I had no idea he was a former receiver. I, he, to me, just looked like a linebacker. His instincts are a little bit occasionally off, and he does get done by a few misdirections, and he's not the biggest guy, but he just looked like a linebacker. And if you can get in the modern game a linebacker that is that fast, uh, that fluid, uh, that sudden, if you pair him with the Dean, then you're, again... I'm looking here about scheme fits. People could say, well, him and the COVID team are really light. Yeah, but you're not going to play them on first down and ask one of them to charge the offensive guard head up. I would be drafting him assuming that on first down, the Eagles base is going to be five uh, men on the line of scrimmage. And that is going to include include sorry, Jordan Davis. And if that's the case, I don't really want a stacked linebacker as much as what I've said about Jack Campbell. And I think he is good enough actually to play in the 5-2. So he's someone that I still would have interest in. Um, but I want someone quick. I want someone who shoots gaps. I don't care about going head-to-head with a guard because they shouldn't be going head-to-head uh, with a guard because if you're two of your defensive tackles or your nose tackle aren't taking the guard away then what is the five man front doing so i want someone that flies flies around shoots gaps is instinctive is quick and henley just looks good i mean i didn't have him as like a second round because he's just so raw and he's older as well i think i remember reading he'll be 24 this year but to me he would just be such a good fit um if the Eagles wanted to uh, play sort of similar to last year. And this may surprise listeners because he's undersized Henley. He's not as big as him. But when I watched him, he looked a bit like TJ Edwards from last year. TJ Edwards had snaps where he really quickly just burst through uh, the holes in the defence. And he was someone that could play on nickel. We could play on uh, in a, as a part of a 5-1 uh, sort of, box he would be the low end linebacker at times and i think henley has got that sort of talent so henley is a really really interesting guy to me um there's barely any stack linebackers like if you're not i watched him deliberately because he was the only other big guy noah Saul, who was literally the only guy above 240 and he i had him as like a fifth round grade i mean he's not gonna play anything except rundowns on early down so if you want your stack guy you better go and get jack campbell but they're so hard to get these days, those types of linebackers. So that's why teams are going more heavy defensive line as a front. So I would look very carefully at Henley. And Simpson also intrigues me on a similar uh, note. There's just something about Henley. I, I might be completely wrong. I only imagine third round grade. I'm not that high on him. It's not like I'm saying take him at 30 or take him at the second. And. Um, he just looked to me like the sort of modern day linebacker that teams are after. And I think the way the Eagles, I think, again, I'm projecting here how they are going to use their defensive line. I think they want linebackers that can excel in space, linebackers that can excel when they're kept clean. They don't need to worry about a guy who's going to charge on old school, blow up the offensive guard. Uh, That's not really the way this Eagles team are built at the moment anyway, because that's the whole point of Jordan Davis. That's the whole point of the five man front. We are not the only team doing this at all. This is very, very common now because teams don't want 250 pound linebackers out there because it's just too difficult to defend the pass in the modern game. So, because you want these smaller linebackers, in order to prevent teams just running over you, you're going heavy defensive line, smaller linebackers. That's the way the game is going at the moment. And I think Henley uh, Simpson fit the bill really well for that type of player.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dayon Henley, surprisingly, for a guy that's six foot, 225 pounds, it's. 14th percentile height, fifth percentile weight. He was a wide receiver, like you said, but he tackles really well. That was one of the things that surprised me. You would expect a guy that light that used to play offense to not be a good tackler, but he only had a 5.2% missed tackle rate in 2022. And like you mentioned, there there's concerns about him in the running game, but theoretically, that should be less of an issue for the way the Eagles deploy their defense, especially on rundowns. And last year, there was a, there was a difference. Like the Eagles would play odd fronts on rundowns and even fronts on passing downs a lot of times. And you can't, it, it's, it was too easy for teams to dictate. Like if Jordan Davis just came on the field, they would just throw the ball. And if Jordan Davis is off the field, they would run the ball early in the season before he got injured. So you need to be able to be a little more multiple than that. Not. So this is our pass rushing front. This is our run stopping front, but Hindley would be an interesting option Uh a little bit of context for Trenton Simpson, the other guy that you mentioned. Um, So in 2021, he had a lot better season than he did in 2022. And uh, in 2021, his defensive coordinator was Brent Venables, who left to become OU's head coach, which is my college team. Um, But Brent Venables is a very creative defensive coordinator. And so Simpson in 2021, he played safety. He played in the slot on the line uh, as a linebacker. He did a lot of everything. In 2022, he was basically just asked to play as a will linebacker, and I didn't think that he showed out as well. So if you're just going to like take him and ask him to be a will linebacker, you're going to kind of get what you got. But if you want to move him around and use him as a move piece, use him the way the Eagles used to use Malcolm Jenkins, that they would bring him off the top of the defense. They would put him in the slot, put him in the box. I think that's your best usage of Trenton Simpson. Also, by the way, a guy that I think, Wink Martindale would like. I keep sniping these guys that I want for the Eagles with the Giants when I do mock drafts because I just like the fit because he loves guys that he can put everywhere and blitz. And I think Simpson is one of those guys as well. So he's an interesting piece that I would be – it would be fun to see how Desai would use him if he would use him creatively like that.
0: Yeah, and just on that, I think linebacker is a massively underrated dean. It's funny how fans embody their team – a lot of teams, a lot of fans of other teams, will be talking about how we need a linebacker. We've got Nakobe Dean, who, let's be honest, didn't play very much his rookie year for whatever reason. Um, and then we've got Nicholas Moreau, who I actually quite liked when I watched him. But then you look around, and there's not a great deal uh, else. And a lot of a lot of fans of teams will be saying that's a huge need. But we sort of embody the Eagles' philosophy, which is ah, it's only a linebacker. What's the worst that can happen? But the but the truth is, we lost a very very good linebacker in TJ Edwards last year, and um they are going to need another player there so I would not be opposed at all to look at around the second third round um and yeah Henley's probably my sort of guy I'm keeping an eye on and again I I do really like Jack Campbell I'm just not sure that's how the Eagles want to use them uh but there we go
1: yeah Christian Ellis Sean Bradley Davion Taylor <laughs> just some of the names the Eagles have at linebacker and we can play that that same game at wide receiver too by the way obviously they signed they signed a free agent wide receiver but Britton covey devin allen greg ward tyree cleveland like the back end of the roster it's it's the back end of a roster and and eagles fans are guilty too of and i'm guilty of this you think well the eagles need a better wide receiver three uh a lot of teams don't have a good wide receiver three that's why they're wide receiver threes i mean there's so, so the, we, we are intimately familiar with the weaknesses and depth of the Eagles roster, but the truth is a lot of teams are like that. It's about picking and choosing the positions you value the most. And for the Eagles, we know that's the trenches. And so I've been telling people all along, like, just prepare yourself. Don't be disappointed. The Eagles are probably walking out of the first round with an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Like that's probably what's going to happen. And fans are going to hate it. And then you're going to look up in week 16 and, Lane Johnson had to miss two games, an offensive tackle they drafted at twelve or thirteen or whatever is gonna step in and play fine, and you'd be like, "Oh, maybe that was a good pick so so let me ask you, Johnny, uh give me your prediction, what's gonna happen there's the Eagles have been linked to so many guys. I know you hate doing score predictions, and now I'm getting you on here asking you to do a draft prediction, but what do you think is the most likely outcome for the Eagles? Are, are they, are they going to stick and pick at 10? Will they trade back? What are they going to target? Just what's your gut? How do you feel that the first round is going to play out for the Eagles? Yeah, it's a
0: terrible answer, but I really do not know this year. I feel like this is the hardest year in a while to predict. I think if they stick, I think Skoronsky has a very, very high chance of being the guy because of a tackle guard versatility. My gut tells me Nolan Smith's going to be the pick. Um, and I know I've come down on him. I, I just don't think he's good enough for 10. And it's nothing against him. I think he's such a fun player. He flies around. I, I really want to like him more i just didn't see a really good rusher and i think the idea oh he'll he just be a reddick because he's small it's like well it's not that easy and let's be honest as Reddick spent a couple of years wandering around trying to find a position um one of the first things i should listen to on smith after i saw him was greg cosell and he said he's not even sure he's an edge defender he sees him as more of a world linebacker and that is exactly how some people saw reddick as well um, and in the end he became very good Reddick. but let's not kid ourselves and pretend that we saw the player he was last year for the first few years my gut tells me Nolan Smith or Skoronsky if they stay um, and if they do that I think at 30 they might I think it depends what they go if they don't go offensive line at 10 I would not be shocked to see them go back at it at 30 and um, although I think if you're going for a guard you can get them later on so maybe it's like edge and then a receiver or a corner um, but I think edge will be looked at at some point. Um, I do think there's a realistic chance they managed to get a chance to trade up as well for Carter. But if I had to put money on it now, I would say Loden Smith or Lucas Van Ness at 30. I think they will like the way Van Ness plays, although he's not as versatile as Loden Smith uh, and he's not maybe as good as a scheme fit. I just think he's the kind of guy you can just give 25 snaps to him and just say, you see that tackle that's really tired because he's been defending Sam Reddick all game. Just go and smash into him for about four times in the quarter, and then by the time he has to go and play Reddick, he's sort of tired. I feel like he'd be perfect for that. Just like wind him up, ball rush merchant, just go. Um, I think Smith, Van Ness, Oskaronski, if they stay at 10 30, I'm I mean, you could go anywhere. I think branch, cornerback, edge, defensive line, offensive line, receiver, tight end like my, my gut tells me they'll they will come away with a pass rusher at some point. So if it's not a 10, I think you could see a Murphy or Ojolari or a Will McDonald at 30. Um, I think it'll be offensive line, defensive line or edge at 10 or 30. That's my gut. As much as I'd like a cornerback, I'd like a receiver. And my gut says it's those positions. And if uh, Kansi falls to 30, then my goodness, charge even Mazzie Smith or um, Brian Brees, I think, are legitimate options. I think they'll go earlier than 30, but it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles move up again if one of those three are available. Um, just very quickly before we finish up, can I ask you your opinion on him? Mazzie Smith, what's your thoughts? I'm putting you on the spot. I know you're going to ask me the questions, but I really liked him, like, really liked him. Like, if we didn't draft John Davis, I think we'd be looking at a top 12, 13, 14 player. What am I missing? why is he not that high and i'm guessing the reason why eagles fans aren't talking about him a lot is because they see him more as a nose tackle is that right
1: yeah i think so um he i think he's basically he's going to be a run stuffing zero tech I- at the next level he's he's very much a work in progress as a pass rusher like if unless without significant development i think he's only a two down player in the nfl which is what people also said about uh, jordan davis but jordan davis his athleticism was what really popped on tape and so that's why uh, that's why jordan davis goes 13 and mazzy smith i've started to hear into the first round buzz about smith i i have a early third round grade on him he was my 64th overall player um he's a super powerful yeah. guy like as a run defender he he's gonna be about in my opinion what jordan davis is just with Jordan Davis, I think there was a projection to pass rushing because of the athleticism and Mazzy Smith doesn't really have that. There's been little improvements over the years as a pass rusher, but there's just not a lot there. So I could see, you know, if, if you had a Kalija Kansi type pass rushing interior defensive lineman, and you needed to stick a run stuffer next to him, I think Mazzy Smith could end up in the back end of the first round or in the early second round. I think Eagles fans would hate to walk away from the draft with Smith already having Davis. But you know, if he was if he was there at the end of the second round and you look at well last year you had to go sign in Domican and Linval Joseph because it wasn't enough. I, I wouldn't hate having Mazzy Smith on the team. I, I wouldn't be crazy about taking him in the first round though.
0: Yeah it's interesting. I just I, I feel like I was watching him and I think he's really good. Like, I don't know if I, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the athleticism there because I thought for a big guy, he was very, very, very fluid. He moved well. I think the thing that annoys me about Davis, and I'm probably more down on Davis than a lot of Eagles fans, and I'm trying not to put the play at the end of the year when he was injured into it. He's just never played a lot of snaps. And I always hear every excuse under the sun, but he's just not done it. Like, I mean, you can ask the mention conditioning. He is just not. Any NFL coach, any cottage coach has not trusted him to play a lot of snaps. Um, and Massey Smith did play a lot of snaps, which is why I liked him. I'm not saying you draft him and then Jordan Davis is a waste of time, but I do wonder if they can make the two work together somehow. Um, we'll see. I, I obviously liked him more than you know. So there's a reason why I'm talking him up is because I I would have him, I mean, I haven't put together my board like you have. I've only looked at individual players and rounds. I haven't yet put it together. I would not be surprised if he's top 20. Um which I think would be higher for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I just really liked him. I just really, really uh, liked him. So yeah, I do think he's if you're, the target, to be honest. But yeah. there you go.
1: Well, and especially if you're going to go as, like the Eagles like to play light personnel, you know, against 12 personnel, they would still like to play nickel and you're going to have Nicobe Dean, maybe Nicholas Morrow on the field. So last year, the response to getting run on was to put, Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sioux right next to each other. And you would consider both of those guys sort of nose tackles. And so there's certainly a structure within the Eagles defense where you put Jordan Davis and a guy like Mazzie Smith, Keanu Benton, Siaki Ika, you could put one of those guys next to Jordan Davis still to try to load up and stop the run so you can play light personnel behind. Um, So I don't think it's entirely out of the realm of possibility that they will target a, a big run stuffer like that. Uh, let me ask you about one more guy. There's been a lot of uh, smoke around the Eagles and this guy at the back end of the first round. It's uh, Aditamiwa Adibware, the, def- the well defensive end, the edge rusher. Maybe he's an interior defensive lineman out of Northwestern. Uh, he played at Northwestern as a stan- anywhere from a stand up edge all the way into a three technique. So they moved him around a lot. Uh, is Adibware a guy that you watched? Do you, or have you not? Uh, yeah match. I've watched
0: him I'm just far lower on him than I think okay. the consensus um there's two players actually in this class I didn't like uh I said didn't like unfair, so but I found difficult to project uh to the two Peloto, uh the um is he brother of the Eagles player I've got the moment and yeah. um yeah oh I listen he's to actually
1: that. also I didn't realize this but at Talana Hufanga, the safety for the 49ers, yep. that's their cousin. I didn't know oh, really? that related. And who's the other guy you asked me about, sorry? The... Adi Tamiwa Adebware uh, from Adibuare,
0: Northwestern. Adebware, that's pronunciation. Um pronunciation. I saw him as more of a DT. Um, so I'm looking over my notes here. I think he can play anywhere. I looked at him as a free technique. Um, I don't think he has the bend or the flexibility. I mean, I think I've not got it on my uh, spreadsheet here, but wasn't he about 280 or something? Uh, He was a big guy, wasn't he, when he tested? 6'2", 282. That's a big edge. That's a big edge for the Eagles as well, especially if you're playing a five-man front. Remember, I'm looking at this from the Eagles um, specifically, and you want the ability to him to drop occasionally. I know Reddick and Sweat don't drop very often, but the whole point of the five-man is that you don't know that they won't drop. Uh, To me, 280 is too big. Um, You're not dropping a 280 pounds pass rusher back. So I saw him as, even though he tested brilliantly, I see him as an um, interior pass rusher. Now, the good news is the Eagles lack an interior pass rusher, as I mentioned with Cansey uh, earlier on. But I didn't see the bend the edge. I didn't see the quickness in comparison to uh, uh, a Cansey. Um, I'll be honest, I had him down in the second, uh, possibly sneaking. I oh, won't go there, but for the Eagles, I had him below Benton below Mazzie Smith, below Brian Brees, below Kansi and Carter. I wasn't the biggest guy on him. I think if the Eagles take him, I would expect that they will do something more with him. So I'm seeing him as more of a free tech. If they take him at 30, I'm guessing they project a different type of role for him, not just that. But let's see. I I
1: was surprised to start to hear Smoke yeah. around him at the back end of the first show. I had a third-round grade on him. Yeah, right. So we we're about the same.
0: I had around the yeah. second, third. I, uh, he wouldn't be – second would be the absolute earliest, but I just – he's
1: 280. He, mm-hmm.
0: An edge at 280 and a five-man front as well, to me, he doesn't make sense as an Eagles fit. Um, He's, to me, a 4-3 four, four end or a free tech in a five-man front.
1: Yeah, I said – I thought his scheme fit was a 4-3 team that likes to use NASCAR packages, like – put him on the edge in a 4-3, and then kick him inside on pass rushing downs. That's kind of how I saw him. But I was surprised, but it's stuck around. So uh, obviously they like him, and and we'll see what comes of that. I would not be thrilled about that selection at 30, though.
0: No, no, he's not one of our targets at 30.
1: All right. Well, that is going to about wrap up all of our time here. But, Johnny, do you have any any rapid fire takes, any final thoughts that you want to put out there on this draft class? Any any dreams that you want to speak into existence for the Eagles? The floor is yours. I think I've
0: hit everything. I've like flown through this as I've like sped through my notes. Um I think it's hard to go wrong. Um, and I say that because I think there's a it's a weird class, really. I think there's not a lot of top, top, top players, but I actually think there's quite a lot of good players. I think as long as you draw for the right reasons, I think. There's a lot of players here, though, that are traits-based players. There are a lot of traits players in this class, so players that aren't that good yet, that could be good. You look at receiver, you've got Quentin Johnson. Sorry, but you look at Dino Washington at tight end, I think he counts as another one. Um, I think edge, I think even Nolan Smith, is someone who you're basing it around what he could be rather than what he is. Tyree Wilson, I think you can even go that far as saying he's a bit raw. So I think there are a lot and lot of raw prospects, so I think there's always going to be Uh, risk involved and that's a draft for you. I hope that the Eagles don't stick too religiously in this class to a, we must go trenches because as much as normally I agree with that, I think with the way their team's built already, I think they sort of limit themselves to other opportunities in this class. like I don't think you should normally take a cornerback at 10 personally, but I think if Gonzalez or Witherspoon are there, I think you can move him. I think I will just end with a Van Ness-Nolan Smith thing because I think people are going to freak out when I have Van Ness above Nolan Smith. Um, and like, why? Um, I think Van Ness is just basically more polished. So I wouldn't take Van Ness at 10 either. I would not probably take him until about 15 or 16. I think he's just a safe starter. I just worry with Van Ness, with Nolan Smith, sorry, about his size and how good he will become and how long it will take him to become good. And I think he's probably a brilliant scheme fit. Um, he mean, He literally looks like Reddick in terms of size and profile. I just didn't see the pass rushing. And I know his pass rushing on a person app basis is good, but I wanted to see that consistent rush against different teams over the course of a year. And I don't dislike him. I think he's fine as a mid end first round um, I just think both Van Ness and Nolan Smith, they're sort of my worries. But I think the Eagles could take them and I won't freak out. I'll watch his tape again and go, wow, this guy's fun. But he wouldn't be my preferred. And but yeah, I, that's probably my final thought is I hope the Eagles look a little bit more further than just the trenches in this year's class. Because I think if you reach on someone like Ibrisi or someone on at 10, I think you're sort of you're limiting yourself to other potential players that can be really useful, especially at 30.
1: All right. Well. That is going to about wrap up this podcast. Make sure you guys are following Johnny on Twitter at johnnypage Page uh, Nine. He's been doing some articles for BGN. He's got an article out over each offensive skill position. Top, I think it was fifteen wide receiver, fifteen running backs, seventeen wide receivers, and ten tight ends, or something like that. Yeah, so, actually, I should have check have said, those out. I should have
0: said. Um... Final thoughts. I'll end very quickly with this because then I realize we've got over the hour and I need to rock. Um, I will should have rankings for BGN on I've done running back, wide receiver tight end. I should also have D line, edge, uh, cornerback, safety, and linebacker. And I think hopefully if you read them, you will see that they're specific to the Eagles. The other thing I'm going to release is for the first time ever, I'm going to just chuck my whole load of Excel document spreadsheet. It's not professional. It's not something I'm releasing through BGN because it's a there's probably spelling errors galore because it's on Excel, but it's just literally my sort of raw notes. And I would say if you're interested in the draft from an Eagles point of view, so if I wasn't a fan of the Eagles, it's not something I'd have particular interest in, but as a lot of people listening will be Eagles fans. Uh, if you want to look at how I feel about them for the Eagles, then uh, check that out. Hopefully I'll release that um, today, and then probably, yeah, out probably more likely Tuesday. We'll get it out
1: there. Yes. Yeah. So make sure, make sure you're following Johnny on Twitter. He's going to put out his big board. He's got a few articles on defense that'll be coming out in the lead up to the draft. Uh, You can also make sure you're following me on Twitter at Shane half NFL. I will have a, my guys podcast with uh, Chris and Mark out later this week, arguing about the guys that we see differently and then keep it tuned to the BGN feed for all of the draft reaction and breakdown that'll be posted all throughout the weekend and into next week. So wherever you're listening, please make sure you like, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and we will see you guys next time on the EPA podcast.